Welcome back to Life Talks with Emma and Nadia. I'm Emma. And I'm Nadia. And on this podcast, we'll be talking about different aspects of life as a teenager. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week for another episode release of Life Talks with Emma and Nadia. I'm Emma, and I'm here joined by my co-host, Nadia. Hi, everybody. Today, we want to take a different path than our usual route, which is we've been talking a lot about college, um, especially because that's sort of been relevant in our lives, but we understand that that's not necessarily relevant in everyone else's lives right now. And so we are going to go to the broader picture and talk about current events. Um, we have a couple of things we're going to try to reach today in this episode um, we got possible World War Three. we got Trump re-running for election, some midterm results, and some climate change happenings. Um, we understand that news can be triggering and upsetting for everyone, uh, for some people, and that constantly hearing bad news can be very detrimental to one's mental health. So we just encourage all listeners to be aware of that and how they are feeling as an individual before continuing and listening. Yep. Nadia, you want to start us off? Yeah, so very recently, um, well, the on- there's been an ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine, of course, most people know about this. Um, but recently, Russia has dropped a lot of missiles on Ukraine. And there doesn't seem to be a very good end to this war. But basically, what happened a few days ago is Russia tried to bomb Ukraine and a missile landed in Poland, killing a couple of people. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, if this was a Russian missile that hit Poland, that would be a declaration of war, basically. And most people would be like, why? I mean, it's just Poland. Poland's not really a big country. Why would that be a problem if Russia accidentally went to war with Poland? But the problem is that Poland is part of NATO, um, which is an alliance of a bunch of countries that was formed after World War II, World War II because they wanted to stop like other countries from trying to invade, um, invade the smaller countries. So basically, NATO is comprised of a lot of um, Eastern European countries, and then bigger countries like um, the U.S., Canada, Italy, Spain, the U.K. Um, and so, if r- those missiles were actually Russian missiles that landed in Poland, they would be Russia would be going to war with all of NATO, which is like a very large amount of countries, and it would not be good for them at all. They do not. I assure you, they do not want that, and that's why they haven't really attacked any neighboring countries that are part of NATO. And another yeah. thing keep in mind is that Ukraine Ukraine is not a member of NATO but Mm -hmm. there were talks to make them a member of NATO and if they were to become a member of NATO Russian attacks would have to stop like Russia could not go after them at all yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah just to add some like numbers and stats to this um during that day uh, well, particularly during that one intense battle, there were at least 50 missiles um, that were being deployed and near the Polish border, um, which is on the western side of Ukraine. And um, according to CNN, there's at least 20 
missiles that were fired by Russia and 30 that were fired by Ukraine. Um, and so there's still an investigation going on about whether that missile that landed in Poland and killed two people were Ukrainian or Russian. Um, so obviously the outcome of that can be very detrimental. Um, so we just have to wait and see what we find out. It feels very disconnected from all the way out here in America. Very far away from what's happening. But um, the Ukrainian people continue to suffer under Russian attack. Um, and Russia's only doing this because they want Ukraine to, to like, join them again. If you remember the USSR, um, the Soviet Union had a lot of Eastern European countries in it. And so Russia is claiming that it's their right to like bring the Ukraine back to the motherland. And also because they want use of Ukraine's ports and their resources. Um, so it's a very senseless war, I guess. There's no reason for people to die other than that Russia right now is very greedy. Um, and the rest of the world is also feeling that with the high um, gas prices. But, yeah. yeah, but I think there's a lot of social media activism that occurred around the time that this war started. And through, as time has passed, you know, the activism has died down a little. Um, so I think it's important to understand that this is still happening. This is a very relevant topic and people are still being killed and people are still living in poverty there without resources and without their family. And I think that's important to understand, um, not only just to be grateful of your situation possibly, but to just understand and be aware of what's going on in the world and is still going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think definitely that kind of um, social media activism tends to die down after a couple months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not the kind of energy we should maintain. Obviously, that activism kind of moves from one thing to another. Um, I think that kind of activism moved from the war in Ukraine to like, abortion right but both of those causes died down really quickly and kind of moving into our next topic as the abortion rights activism on social media was dying down um political analysts were starting to see that there was less support for democrats because apparently we all forgot about abortion rights and so we're (laughs) gonna you know stop supporting democrats for some reason but anyway that was the attitude going into the midterm elections um, that analysts thought that the there would be a red quote unquote red wave red wave by the Republicans mm-hmm. because um, the Democratic voter base was not like focused on one issue or they didn't like have a reason to vote I guess for the Democrats they didn't really have like a unifying thing because apparently again social media activism for abortion had died down so like there wasn't anything that to show that you know people still cared about it but obviously people st- still do and still did yeah so i guess moving on to the midterm results um so what was really interesting with that is nevada was one of the tiebreakers um in the senate race i believe and it ended up that the republican candidate um Adam Lixall conceded to the incumbent or the person who already had the seat before, who is Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Um, and that's interesting because it was such a tight race for the Senate. And 
that sort of like Nevada was a big part in like who could control the Senate in the future years. So that was interesting to know as well. Yeah, it was a pretty tight race for the Senate, but it always is. Um, I think a lot of people were shocked that the Democrats were able to, you know, not only maintain their um, their advantage, but possibly pick up another seat in Georgia. I think there's a runoff election um, in a couple weeks. Yeah, um, that could possibly go Democrat. Obviously, we don't know, but um, if they were to win that Georgia seat, I think they would have 51 seats in that Senate. But on the other hand, the House didn't go so well. I believe the U.S. House is currently under control of the Republicans. Um, I'm, as you know, Nadia, but maybe not all our listeners, this was my first election that I was able to vote in. It's interesting because maybe this is a podcast for another time, but everyone is out there saying, let's go vote, go vote, go vote. And I knew that that's what I was going to do. I didn't have an issue with not voting. I was going to vote. Um, but what I found really interesting is as an out-of-state um, college student, you know, I, I didn't really have, like, my parents to go to to ask for help with, like, voting. And all my other friends either weren't voting or had never voted before. And so just looking at the ballot and, like, trying to figure out all these names I'd never heard of before because it's a new state um, was very confusing for me. And I thought that was just very interesting to witness and be a part of because I think everyone says go vote, but no one actually ever helps you with, like, understanding, like, the candidates, the policies, and actually voting. (laughs) Yeah, so actually we read um, in English – a couple of like short, I guess, interviews of people who didn't vote at all, who don't vote. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting to like read about why they chose not to vote because we usually like tend to demonize people who don't vote, right? Mm-hmm. But there are legitimate reasons that people don't vote. A lot of them mentioned how it was difficult to like actually turn in your, your ballot. Like mm-hmm. you have to stand in really long lines um, to turn them in a couple of states that, you know, don't have mail-in voting or, you know, there's deadlines that you need to hit in order to vote. Um, getting registered in a lot of states is really difficult. Mm-hmm. If you live in a mostly Republican state, then it, it tends to be very difficult to register. Um, I know California has laws that make it easier to register and easier to vote. My, my mom always votes by mail-in ballot to make it really simple, um, but other states aren't like that. So... Yeah, there's a lot of really legitimate reasons that people don't vote. And I think the only way to maintain a democracy is to make it easier for people to vote. Not like make it easier as in allow cheating, but just make it easier for the regular person to understand how to do it and um, get registered. And we can still have all these checks in place without making it detrimental. I fully agree with you, Nadia. And moving on to our next point, Voting is going to have a very big impact, possibly in the art. Well, voting always has a big impact, but even more so in this upcoming 2024 election because former President Donald Trump has announced he is rerunning for election. (laughs) And as a plus, Elon Musk just gave him his Twitter back. We will have to see what happens, whether history is going to repeat itself or not. 
Yeah, I find it very interesting that he chose again to run, especially since in this last midterm election, a lot of the, I think the majority of the like senators and representatives that were backed by Trump's team, backed by him, and were running on a similar platform as he had, um, they lost. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting that he would choose to rerun considering that fact. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, I know when we were talking about this before, just you and I, you were talking about how like he first has to like win through the Republican nomination mm-hmm. and stuff. Like there's a couple different barriers that are in place for all candidates. So we have to see how far this progresses. Um, and yeah. I don't know if Biden's running. I'm not sure if he's announced that yet. Um, but if it's a Biden versus Trump thing again, what will happen? Because last time there was a pretty definitive result, right? Um, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses. For sure. Well, you know, do you have anything else to add with this? Because otherwise, I think I'm going to move on to our last topic of climate change. So this is actually a very relevant topic for me because in my biology class, we're actually covering human population growth and doing all the math with that, but particularly understanding how climate change is affecting and how human population is affecting climate change, vice versa, and their interconnected relationships. Um, But the reason we wanted to bring up climate change is not only because it's always a current event, but because as we near Thanksgiving, there are a lot of storms that are actually expected to hit more of the um, eastern side of the United States. And these have been furthered by climate change because climate change causes more intense weather variation. And um, that's interesting. I think we're going to see a lot more storms and hurricanes and all that not in the news as uh, emissions and CO2 continue to arise. Yeah, and I think when a lot of people think about climate change, they really only think about a couple things. One, the polar bears are dying and the sea is rising. Mm-hmm. Two, in the name, the earth is getting warmer, right? But we don't consider like the smaller things that are going to happen that are going to be detrimental to people's everyday lives, lives and like also contribute to like how the human population is going to suffer a lot in the coming decades because of climate change. One of those being storms definitely um another one being we're gonna lose like crop area we're gonna lose farmland um and we're not gonna be able to feed the human population and then starvation and yeah, the human well, population oh, we're almost at eight billion i think or we've already no we hit it nadia we hit it, we hit oh, it. um it was only a couple of days ago too sometime in november um late november we just hit it class when the announcement came out mm-hmm. very interesting I know. And what's interesting to me, actually, is that the human population has been growing exponentially um, ever since we sort of evolved. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, we've just been going positive. Like our human population has just been increasing and increasing year after year, century after century. And there's we've been showing no signs of stopping. Um, and we are like the only the longest species to have done that. And, you know, eventually due to lack of resources, um, habitat, you know, just other factors, like we're going to have to peak somewhere. Um, It was very interesting, a little worrying that we haven't reached that point yet. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think from what I remember vaguely from bio class a few years ago, I, th- I think like the cap was around 10 billion or something that we would no longer be able to sustain the human population. So I am that. But of course, like having such a huge population and like needing to curb it brings up a lot of like economic problems too, just apart from climate change, because our systems kind of depend on the younger generation supporting the older generation. That's what social security is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of, I think, probably both of our lifetimes, like social security is not going to be able to exist because the younger population is going to be so much smaller than the older population. And another problem, obviously, is that old people continue getting older because of medicine and stuff keeping yeah. them alive longer. <laughs> so it's, you know, we failed to acknowledge that um, there's a lot of different factors in place right now that weren't in place like centuries ago, such as technology and AI. You know, we have progressed so much and so far, and it's sort of messing with the Earth's natural cycle. And depending on how much and how much further we progress, um, a lot of things could change for sure. Yes, well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, like, the, what scientific advancements are going to happen, because I know there's a lot of stuff coming out, um, people, scientists attempting to, like, clean up um, the ocean, um, plastic, mm-hmm. plastic in the ocean, um, trying to bring down um, CO2 levels, trying to find sustainable energy yeah. sources, you know, we have nuclear power, we have solar power, we have wind power, I mean, nuclear power doesn't really get used that much, but we have all these alternative sources. Now we have to just see if we can like implement those in a wider scale. Yeah. And you know, um, Nadia and I both wanted to end this podcast on a positive note, because like we said at the beginning, it's not always good to surround yourself with negative news. Um, And I think that's our positive point, you know, as far as we have come with everything, you know, world war three midterm results, just like, so many differences and like competition within society and with each other it's like we're all in this together and we can see that by climate change is that everyone's going to be impacted and fortunately you know while there are like climate change is a big problem and it's increasing there are some small accomplishments that we can celebrate such as like nadia mentioned the cleaning of the ocean um and like hopefully like companies moving towards more fuel efficient opportunities and like using wind and solar power, you know? Um, so I thought that I'd say that. And I don't know if you know about this, but there was a bill passed in Congress um, at the beginning of this year that was, wasn't like a major step towards fixing climate change at all, but it was a first step. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of, I mean, after it took them like 50 years, but you know, as long as there are first steps there, I think that brings up a little bit of hope. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. As long as there are steps being taken, um, that's a small win, even though we need like a million steps <laughs> right now. Anything else? Last things to add, Nadia? I mean, just other than, you know, keep up with what's happening around you, because if we become ignorant, then that's worse than, you know, being detrimental, I think, to a point. Um, we were, we were um, rating 1984, and it's kind of all about being ignorant to what's happening around you as the world kind of collapses. 
Um, so don't don't do that. Keep yourself informed. Yeah, it's good to keep our eyes open and just be aware of what's going around, and also take care of ourselves in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we want to thank all of you for listening. Um, hopefully, um, this has furthered your opinion on topics if you did not already know about them. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you tune in every second and fourth week of each month on the Tuesday for our next episode.